Welcome to the Jacked and Happy Podcast. Today we get to talk with Danny Hoffman, one of my boys, but it gets a little heavy and he brings up some mental health um, struggles that he went through and even talked a little bit about suicide. So I just want to have that disclaimer out there. This is a a little bit of a heavier conversation, um, but he's a great guy and I really respect him and his family and the courage it takes to come out and talk about these issues. And I know you're going to love this conversation as much as I did. So, as always, stay jacked and happy, and thank you all for tuning in. Welcome to Jacked and Happy. I'm Elliot Schwartz, whiskey lover, bacon eater, real estate investor, and a big kid at heart. I'm bringing you epic conversations with everyday people doing legendary things who are just as successful as they are happy. Let's freaking go. All right, I got one of my favorite humans here. Danny is joining the call, and uh, I couldn't be more happy to have him on. He's an amazing human being, and he has been such a like a just a a, a sounding board for me. And like anytime I want to have an authentic com- conversation, like you are one of the most authentic people I know. So I'm really excited to have you on, man. Grateful to be here, Elliot. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. So tell me, Danny. What are you jacked about? What are you excited about this year the most? I think the biggest thing I'm excited about this year is actually coming up next month. And it's me and Brianne are hitting our 15-year wedding anniversary. And we're doing something that we've always wanted to do, which was um, we're going to go renew our vows at Bethesda Fountain in New York City. So when we got married the first time, like we were part of a, a church that we're no longer a part of. And we very much did things like that way. And this time we're going to go and it's no one's going to be there. It's just going to be the four of us, us and our two kids. Um, But we're just going to go renew vows in the way that like feels the best to us and like really commit to like the next 15 and forever. So that's that's probably the biggest thing on my list of like, I'm very excited to just start another chapter there. Do you think I'm curious, like when when this goes down or if you have like a a new sense of like a, a new beginning in your relationship, like almost like a you know, starting it off like the way that you guys want to, you know? Yeah. One, I, I don't, I've heard it said in multiple ways. I've heard people say you have three marriages. I've heard people say you have seven marriages. And I think it just depends on who's writing the blog or listening to which psychology person. But <laughs> for me, like, it's just one of those things where like, I'm not the same person I was a decade ago and neither mm. is Brienne. And like, we're falling in love again with like the new version of each other. And like, it's it's seeing like new possibilities. And again, like, we don't have to go deep on it, but like having left the church that I was a part of, we made all of our decisions based on the council and what the church said, this is what you do. And like, for the first time, this is us really asking ourselves, what do we want? What do we want to create? What do we value? What are the things that we agree with that we don't agree with? And truly just designing our lives ourselves, which is something that we've never... We never really had the opportunity to do before. So yeah. yeah, I look at this as a way to just like, it's a recommitment and like we've been through a lot and we're both again, choosing each other in who we are right now and then figuring out like, who do we want to be? What do we want to build? But I definitely look at it as like a new beginning and it's a really cool thing. Yes, I would say so. Um, okay. That's, that's pretty exciting. New York, you said New York, right? Yeah, we're going to go out and spend a week in New York. So one of those days will be like the anniversary day. And like I said, the kids will be with us the whole time. It's not like it's just a just the two of us honeymoon thing, but just the family's going to go out and live there and basically see what it feels like to live there. We've got an Airbnb. It's just going to be a Brian's dream is live in New York City. So for us to just go and uproot for a week and like just work from there and do all the things as if that's just normal life, that actually is just as if not more appealing than truly just having like a two day vacation. So. That's cool. And it's cool that your kids get to see you guys do this too. I think, you know what I mean? Like that's got to have some impact on them of like you guys recommitting and choosing a new life. Do you talk to them about like why you're doing it or like the excite or the, the reason why you're choosing to do it just like as a family? Yeah, we're super open with our kids about everything. So they're 11 and 13 right now. Mm-hmm. And like my, my daughter was old enough to kind of recognize what was going on. And like, even when I decided, Hey, I'm leaving the church and these different things, like, we never hid anything. It was very much a, here's what it is. Here's why still love a lot of the people in it. I just don't necessarily believe in some of the things and stuff like that. And I think because we've been so open about those things, it's given our kids a really nuanced perspective on 
religion and God and all these different things. Yeah. And I think being open about, you know, our relationships and my mental health and like all these other things that have been big factors in our world, our biggest goal is just nothing should be taboo. So how do I, you know, in raising my kids, show them that like, Hey, dad's not perfect. Cause I don't know about you, but like, I know me and a lot of my friends, like, I think we all assumed that the parents had it all together. Yeah. And then as I've gotten into being an adult, I'm like, Oh, no one has it together. Like even my <laughs> people that I looked up to as a kid, I see them now and I'm like, Oh, you're still figuring life out. Yeah. But as a kid, like you just assume like they've got it all together. And I want to release my kids of that burden of feeling like they have to have it all figured out. Mm. And like genuinely, if at 11 and 13, they can understand, like, you're probably never going to feel like you really have it all figured out. Like you might become confident, you'll become smart, like you'll become these different things. But like, you never feel like it's all figured out. I think that's one of the best gifts that I can give my kids because it releases that burden of trying to be perfect. And I just want them to be able to just know like, hey, I still screw things up like all the time. You're going to also and that's okay. Like we'll still be there to help you help you learn, you know, anything that you need. That's there. But yeah, we're, we're pretty open books, almost to a fault where my kids kind of say some, some jokes that are inappropriate and very <laughs> ill-timed, but I, I laugh. It's just not, <laughs> it's not always the best situation, but they're fun for me. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's awesome that your kids like, it's, it's so true too, because it took me so long to realize, like, I guess the perfectionist in me was instilled in me by my parents, um, especially around performance like sports and stuff like that was my like I felt like that was my time to shine and that was my time to like be recognized by my parents and man I just put so much pressure on myself and I would work so hard for that and it just it wasn't from a healthy place either it was like you know you lose a big game and it's like yeah I don't know it's just interesting that you're having that conversation with them so young and I just I commend you for it. I mean, I think like they're going to have such a, such a cool outlook around themselves, relationships, like being open and honest about like, you know, communication styles. I think that's just going to go so far for them. Like you said, it's a real yeah, gift. I appreciate that. That's cool, man. Yeah. Um, will you come help me be a dad one day if I'm ever a dad? <laughs> yeah, we, we, we can have those talks when that time comes. No problem. <laughs> okay. And what is, um, so happiness, that means a lot of different things, a lot of different people. What is your definition of happiness? And when do you feel the happiest? The short, quick definition is when you're proud of yourself to me. Um, and I really came to that conclusion, I don't know, six, eight months ago. Like you might remember, I made basically a bet with the mastermind that I was in that if I didn't lose 40 pounds, yeah. I would have to pierce my belly button live on stage. <laughs> And it was like the dumbest the thing. <laughs> it, it was the dumbest thing I could think of, but it was genuinely motivating because in that mastermind, like, yeah, we would have done it. Like Jim, the guy who bought it from Chris Harder, like he had said, like, I've got a piercer. They'll be there. Like, don't don't question it. And I was like, OK, um, <laughs> but because I had that very real accountability to it, I started doing 75 hard. And mm -hmm. it was just one of those things where it's like you have to be disciplined or you can't fix it or yeah. you can't finish it, I should say. And I screwed it up around like day 60. I didn't notice until like almost day 70. I hadn't been taking the progress picture daily. I'd done everything else, but like my app crashed and I couldn't get into it. So I just was like, oh, I got it in my head. Don't do things in your head, first off. <laughs> um, write things down at a minimum. But essentially, like one thing happened when I was like two, three weeks into it where I had been nailing it all, like check all the boxes, was feeling good. And essentially... Brienne and the kids were already out the door and I was like in here getting ready because I was going to go film on site with a client and I was singing along to a song and I just had like a quick moment where I was like oh I'm happy and like oh. I used to study happiness like that was something that like as someone who had a lot of mental health stuff like I really wanted to understand what is happiness and how do I get it mm. and I mutual friend of ours Lori Harder like the title of her podcast is earn your happy that was something that helped me a long time ago, not even listening to the podcast, just the title of the podcast in the thought that like, there are probably actions I can do that would help me earn it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so fast forward to that like 75 hard moment when I was like two, three weeks in, I was really just like, I had a quick realization of like, I'm proud of me right now because mm -hmm. I've actually doing all the things and I was singing along and it was just that thing of like, 
suddenly once I like realized, oh, I'm very happy in this moment, I got ridiculously emotional and like had to like stop myself and ask the question, why am I feeling this? Mm. And what I came to was I was proud of myself in that moment. And I really think that was the big thing for me is I've, I've really come to the mantra of like, if you're not proud of yourself, everything sucks. I don't know if that's accurate for everyone, but for me, I'm a very black and white, like all or nothing person. Yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to not be, but I like, that's very much how I'm conditioned to be. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I do know that like, Hey, even if it's just say, you know, write down three to five things a day and say, as long as I do these things, the day's a win. Cool. If I do those, I can be proud of myself at the end of the day. If I don't do those, it's not as good. So I think happiness is, it's the wrong word for me. For me, it's, you know, chasing joy and how many mm-hmm. joyful moments can I stack up? Um, but I think that's, that's really how I look at happiness as of right now. That might change. I love that definition. And I love uh, earn your happiness is a great, it's a great title, but it's, it's true. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, it's like funny. It's like in the bro world, it's like, Oh, you know, you're chasing gains and chasing, you know, it's like all this, all this stuff. But like at the end of the day, it's not talked about enough how, choices and honoring the commitments you make to yourself do so much for mental health and Mm -hmm. like this is my third day of not being able to work out and i'm going crazy and it's like i already feel the effects of of what it is doing to my energy levels and my mindset and my my joyful moments like it, it it is it is crazy how when you get into a routine and you get into to good habits how falling out of those either by choice schedule whatever it is um really does affect mental health and um you've brought a lot of where i mean i've been listening to your message and you've been so transparent around mental health like talk to me so first of all you juggle a lot of things you own a business the good media you mm-hmm. have a family of four you like you're constantly networking you're constantly serving other people like that's a lot to be juggling around. And I, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of busy people, not just entrepreneurs, people in corporate America, they can relate to that. Right. So like, talk to me about the balancing of, of fulfillment in all those different areas of life and mental health and and what challenges you've had and, and what you're doing to, to like spread awareness around it and, and help other people. Cause I think it's really cool and needed. Yeah. And I'll, I'll try to answer like the balancing part first. Yeah. I don't know that I do that very well, man. Like if I'm being honest, like I, I think I do it at the detriment of myself. And I think Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a mindset that I'm trying to figure out right now because it is important to me to be the best dad and the best husband and it's husband, dad, and then all the other things for me. Mm -hmm. Like that's my order, husband, dad, everything else. Yep. And when I really look at like the business side of it, for better or worse, because I'm in control of my time and there are still some clients that I work with directly versus allowing my team to take care of them, I will have times where I'll push off the work that I need to do because my kids said, hey, I want to go play disc golf. And I'm like, well, I don't have any clients. Like there's nothing that'll stop. I'd rather go make a memory with my kid. So sometimes I'll go do that in the middle of the day. But that means I'm probably going to have a sleepless night because I just, the things have to be done either way. Mm. So for, for lack of, you know, real answer to you like I kind of do it at a detriment to myself sometimes but I think it's really hard because it's like I want to show up like some of the people in our circles that are just amazing entrepreneurs I have to remind myself a lot of times that they are 5 10 15 years ahead of me and to not compare myself to that so that's that's a piece of it and then I have to remind myself that like I don't know that I want to move at the speed that some of them move either because some of them that do move at these rapid speeds, like they don't have kids. And I have to give myself the grace to know that like, that's different. And it's not an excuse that I have kids. I can't grow at this speed, but I don't know that I have the knowledge and the tools to grow at the speed I want to, while also being a good dad, because if I have to choose to grow, you know, by 10% year over year, but we're making positive progress or I can triple my business this year, but like, I don't have a good relationship with my kids. I'll take slow growth until they move out all day long. Mm. And I think that's just a priorities conversation to me. So for me, that's really it is just every day when I look at like, here's all the things going on. It's asking myself, what's the priority? Because I don't know that it's balanced at all. I think the balance is kind of 
kind of BS. That's not really a thing. But I really do think if I look at the priorities and I ask myself, you know, against my own values, like what are the things that are most important to me? It allows me to at least put the tasks in order and hopefully I can get all my things done efficiently and not have sleepless nights. Like that's, that's not helpful to anyone because it screws up the next day and it's not good for mental health, all the things, yeah. but I will choose, you know, my wife and my kids over these other things, even if it means, you know, it's kind of off on me, but it's a priorities conversation on the mental health side. I think it's a little different because I don't know if it's a quick story, but I'll try to say the story fast. Um, essentially highlights is back in like 2015, 2016, I was super depressed and I was like 25, I think. Um, and I was very much the kid who grew up like my parents split twice and I became kind of a father figure in my home very young, like 11, 12 years old. I was very much under the understanding that like guys don't show emotion. They just get things done. And I basically turned off all emotions from, I don't know, 11-ish years old. And I look at my son now, he's 11, and I'm like, kid can't turn off emotions. He doesn't know what emotions are. Like now getting yeah. to see what would have been me at that age, I'm like, Jesus, dude, like that kid's not meant to be, you know, leading a household or being like, quote, the man of the house. And I just think that I held so much for so long and I never let people in and I never had deep conversations because in high school, most kids don't have deep conversations. You know, it's surface level things. It's all the who's more popular or who's the better athlete or whatever. And it's like, eh, these are all fun. They don't mean anything when all hell's breaking loose at home, but no one knows that. Right. Um, but, but it's one of those things where by the time I was 25, Brian and I had already been married, had two kids, owned a home, like all the different things that I thought I was supposed to do. And yet I was, I loved my family, but internally I was miserable and mm -hmm. I just couldn't figure it out. And I reached the point of being suicidal to the point where I just, I wasn't functioning. Like I couldn't hold a job. And like now, Danny, I, when I look back at that, like, I'm like, how, like, how do you, I don't know. I, I can't understand being that low right now, but it was real. And we lost a house and we lost cars and I had to move my whole family down to live with my brother-in-law and my sister in Houston, Texas. And even that, like I got to hide the fact that we were moving because things were not good because I was on a door-to-door -door, um, alarm sales team and they happened to get assigned to Houston. So all external facing was, hey guys, I'm going down early. See you when you get there. So no one knew what was going on. And I just, I thought me hiding that would give me you know, the appearance of strength and then I'll fix it before anyone finds out. And here we go. You won't fix it. Like, I'll, I'll just say that. Like if, if it's that kind of problem and you're not going to talk to people, like you're, you are telling yourself you want to be stuck, mm -hmm. but I didn't know that at the time. And when I was down there, we had a couple things happen and essentially like Brianne and I had like no money, but I got like a 401k sent to me from a previous job that had like a few grand in there. And they were like, would you like to cash this out? Like, yes. Yes, please. Um, so with that little bit of money, you know, we were able to catch up on some bills that were behind and things like that. But I also, we just went on a quick date and it was like an olive garden, nothing fancy. Yeah. Um, but we posted a selfie of Brianne and I, and someone commented like your life is perfect. <laughs> and knowing what was going on in my, my brain and my yeah. life and everything, that one broke me, dude. Like that, that was a real thing that I was like, I don't, I don't want to bear this fake feeling. Cause it's not like we were trying to portray a, a fake life. I just wasn't putting negativity out because I didn't think the world needed that, you know, and I still don't think it really needs that, but yeah. I see it a little different now. And I went inside and I told everyone, Hey, just leave me alone for a minute. Like I'm going to do like a Facebook live. And I'd never done one before. But I got on and I don't know, I talked five to seven minutes and I just cried and said like, hey, everyone thinks that like our life is perfect. Meanwhile, I'm suicidal. I'm living with my sister. I've lost everything. And I just laid it all out there Wow. and just talked about being depressed. And I talked about everything going on and that was it. And when I got off, I was so scared but relieved because I wasn't holding anything anymore. All the cards were out on the table. And it was just one of those things where I was like, I don't know how that's going to be received, but I at least am not putting up a fake life anymore. Like no one can say that I'm, I'm not being authentic and just like saying what's happening. Dude, I got so many messages of people saying I'm going through a very similar situation. Thank you for sharing because no one talks about it. 
that it completely shifted my perspective of like, okay, I need to, I need to be open about this. And it doesn't mean I have to be the poster child for it, but I really need to be open about this. And then I, I don't, it was around a month later, I had a cousin commit suicide. And it was one of those things where, you know, I always describe him like he was the Robin Williams of Southern Utah, made everyone laugh. He knew everyone like he everyone knew the guy. And I got to confirm the fastest that it was real because my mom texted me like first thing in the morning and he lived next door to my in-laws. So I called them and said, hey, is this true? And they said, yeah, the ambulance has taken him now. And I wrote a post basically saying, why do people wait until someone dies or there's a tragedy to say nice things about them? And like, I'm watching his Facebook wall fill up with these nice memories. And I'm like, if, if we said those things while people were alive, like the moment something pops in your head, if you say those things, maybe they wouldn't have done that. You don't know. We're not, it's not in our control. That person's still going to do what they're going to do, but maybe it would have not, you know, that would have helped. And I think that was a huge, huge thing for me. And I wrote this, um, I don't know, I, I wrote a post and I shared his picture and half it was just, I was very quick to get it out there and half the message was, I think, very timely and important, especially coming from me who already was talking about those things. But it was the first time that I ever saw how far one person's voice could go because I had churches in other states reaching out to me saying like, Hey dude, we just read this to our congregation. We're really grateful that you wrote this. Wow. That was really like, it was hard and like validating at the same time. And I say it's hard because it was a sad moment that I realized how many people were going through the exact same thing. I had hundreds of messages of people from that. And it was all people saying like, thank you for this. And I'm going through this. And since then, I've just been an open book. And I, I think it, it has allowed me to let go of a lot, you know. Um, but it's also like, to this day, anytime that I actually talk about people being suicidal, I think there's only been a handful of times that someone didn't reach out to me and say, I'm going through that right now. And it's, dude, I, it's like a sad thing that I have you know, probably a dozen friends from high school that have reached mm. out and said, Hey, I attempted. And wow. it's, it's wild because you, you don't see that on their Facebook. You don't know anything's going on, but when you share, you give people permission to share. So I think that's a, a really big reason why I'm an, I'm an open book about mental health because a big shift we're having right now is really understanding that like, okay, I can tell the story. And like, that is helpful for some people. But I think one of my big callings moving forward is figuring out, you know, what the heck were all the, like the moments that helped me shift so that I can start to really give tangible takeaways for other people to shift their lives too. Because I think my biggest thing is like, especially those with kids, no kid should ever grow up without a parent because of that. You know, there's a lot of things that are out of our control, but that's one that I'm like, eh, we can control that. So that's kind of a big why for me right now. Man, it's crazy because we're surrounded by so many people who are are leaders in their industry and people look up to them. And you're one of those people. I'm sure so many people, myself included, look up to you. Look what you're doing. Look how you're raising your family. And um, much like you said, you were like the father figure when you're 11. A lot of times these people, influencers, leaders in their community feel like they have to be strong because they see the positive impact they get for being positive two people right it's like mm -hmm. if like by being positive and showing a positive outlook on their life that they're making a, a positive difference for people which they are however um yeah i think there is you know a gap in and in, in authenticity of of the struggle behind what it really takes to get to where they are and even when they're there are they you know they're trying to hit another level and i see i hear this from personal friends like they it's, they seem like they have freaking everything. And I know like their personal cash flow issues, you know, it doesn't matter if their wealth is, if they're worth a hundred million dollars. A lot of times these people are, are investing heavily in stuff and it's like things get tight and they're going through similar issues that everybody else is. And so it's like, share that part of the journey too. like give, you know, like, yeah, things are great for you, but also, you know, share like, the, the struggles behind it and the, and what it's doing to you and how like if I, I don't know I it's just it's just crazy to me that like 
I understand why people want to be strong for people, but also like the true strength is also like showing your vulnerabilities as well. And I, th- and I applaud you for that message. And I think it's, I've seen a lot more people talking about being authentic with their issues and maybe I'm just cognizant to it, but like, I do think that people are, are being more transparent. I don't know if you feel the same way, but. I feel the same way. And I, I think it is becoming more accepted to just talk about those things, you know, yeah. especially like in the mental health world. I think the thing that I think there's a lot of people who talk about their own personal stories. The thing that I'm excited about is my wife, Brienne, to be able to really talk about her side of it, because I think there's a lot of us out there who are saying, you know, I suffer with this or I have struggled in the past. Here's some things I did. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a lot out there for spouses to say like, hey, my spouse was in this place and there wasn't a thing I could do about it because that's where Brienne was. My happiness had nothing to do with Brienne. And that was really hard for her to understand for a while. And now she gets it. But I mean, we had years of why don't I make you happy? Mm-hmm. Or, is our family not enough? Like these very real feeling questions. Right. But it was like, I don't think you understand. Like this is a, this is a legitimate internal battle. So I think I, I'm excited to hear more of the conversations for the support person because I think they're, they're for lack of a better term, they're kind of stuck in a no-win situation yeah. because they can try to help. But then like I, I had times where I felt like I was like, man, like I have all the support. Like I should be happy. And that actually made me like feel worse because I was like, I, have, I don't have an excuse. You know, like on paper, my life was fantastic. Yeah. But internally, I wasn't happy. And I, I can look back now and again say like, there was a lot of things I wasn't proud of myself in that moment taking care of myself physically. You know, I, I was never super disciplined with my money. So things always felt tight. Like there's a lot of things that like led to me not feeling like a proud, like man. Mm. And I think that was a big factor in it. I do think it was a factor of, I held on to too much for too long and it just got too heavy, but like, I didn't have the language to know how to communicate those things back then. And now I do. So I, I use it, you know, and I, I really try to, put things out there in a way that shows, I don't know, not a, not a bitterness towards old me either. Cause that guy was doing the best he knew how to do. And I think like one of the things I want to see, and you and I were kind of talking about this before we went live is like, I'd love to see more of that in the, the entrepreneur space too, not talking about mental health, but talking about the hard parts of the journey. Like you just mentioned, like we know people that are worth millions of dollars on paper and you look at their life and you're like, you have everything. But like they're just as strapped for cash as your average person because they just leverage it and they invest in things. And I think a lot of us in the entrepreneur world, especially in the startup phase, we're like, well, you guys already have made it. Like you don't have issues. What are you talking about? Yeah. And it's like, no, no, no. Like they have their own issues. They're just bigger levels. Yeah. And like I, I'm in a mastermind and like I wish we could normalize a little bit that like I'm really good at my craft, which is why my business started. You know, I'm really good at the thing that I do. It doesn't mean I know how to run a business super well yet. Mm. So like, I'm going to have times where like, I can tell you in complete honesty, I know how to do what I do. And like, for me, that happens to be a podcasting business. I can build podcasts and do these different things as good or better than anyone. But I don't know how to run a business as well as anyone. So I'm still learning and growing that. So I have times where like my confidence will go down because I'm like, man, I don't know what I'm doing. And it's like, no, you don't know how to run a business. But if someone approaches you for help on their thing, you know exactly what to do. Mm. But I think there's a gap there because sometimes we'll see people and be like, oh, they're only making this much a year. They must not be good at what they do. And it's like, no, no, no. They might be good at what they do, but they don't know how to run a business. They don't know how to scale. And I think that's like a missed thing in the entrepreneur world because all of us just want to feel like we're doing well and we want to feel like we fit in with the big dogs and it's like maybe the big dogs also have problems like and some of them they really are doing as well as they look and i strive for that but it's also like hey just know like at every level there's just different issues it might not be the same as you but everyone's got their things going on and on top of the entrepreneur like you don't know what's going on at their house you know so give grace i think that's kind of my my thing with it is just know that everyone's going through something with it and then be open about it because you'll probably have more good conversations like these. Mm. And then like, that's way deeper friendships. It's more support. It's all the things that you actually need in that time versus just trying to flex on each other. (laughs) That's my word of the year is grace. Um, What an important word to have. Like 
the fact that you said that, dude, and I, I think that like it can go two ways. Like one, have grace for other people and and realize that like maybe they triggered you, maybe it's something that they said or how they're acting that's like you don't know the backstory behind it, and it probably has nothing to do with you. And if you were in their situation, you'd be acting 10 times worse than them because they're going through, they're going through it. You know what I mean? And so mm -hmm. I, that's big for me. And then also having grace for myself, like, because I'm, I'm new to, I'm starting a new project too. I'm not an expert at it yet. And I'm doing the absolute best I can with what I have and trying to learn as fast as I can. So it's like, yeah, I'm not going to be handling I, I, my the capability, my capacity for handling hard things isn't somebody who's been in this world for 10 years. It's just not. Mm -hmm. They can, like you said, they'll handle 50, what seems like a freaking biggest issue in the world for me is one of the 50 issues that somebody else can handle. And, and that's just so true on a, on a human level too, I think is like our capacity for handling, you know, feelings and, emotions and relationships like it grows over time where it can feel completely overwhelming and like you, you it's, just, it's okay to feel that like your capacity will grow over time and that's what that's like the grace i'm giving myself is like look my capacity for handling these things to overcoming these challenges are gonna is gonna get better i just have to learn the skill of doing that it's a huge freaking lesson, dude. Like you, you again, have to like be proud of yourself for figuring that out. Cause I'm like, I'm just figuring that out. Like most <laughs> of us are just doing. figuring, yeah. but that's what I say. Most <laughs> of us are figuring that out. And again, like we're in thirties and forties now. And all of us younger us assumed that like by this time we've got it. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> we're all just making shit up as we go. That's just how it is. I know. I saw like this like inspirational meme was like Harrison Ford didn't start acting until he was 40. And it was like all these people, like what they accomplished after they were like 40 or 50. And it's pretty amazing. Um, and it, it's funny. Cause like you see these people like in, and you think like, Oh man, I'm 40. Like, and do I have the energy? Do I have the capacity to like, like truly do this? And yes, we do. It, we absolutely do. It'll happen at our own pace, but as long as I don't well, know, you, you might not have the capacity right now, right? But you just have to not quit and then you will get it. I think like that's like being honest with myself. I'm like, if I was put in charge of a hundred million dollar business right now, which is like my, my long term, I would love to be able to, you know, my ego wants to say I built a nine figure business. Mm. But if you put me at the head of that right now, I'm screwed. I don't have the capacity to do it. There'd be too many problems going on that I wouldn't know how to solve all these yep. different things. Yep. So like you only have capacity to go through what you know right now. And as much as it sucks, like a lot of the the negative things that happen, like those are blessings to us because it's like, well, mm. I screwed that up. You know what I won't <laughs> be doing again? I won't be making that problem that happen sick. again. Like I will fix that proactively yeah. <laughs> but now like when people come to me and ask me about different problems i'm like oh i screwed that up five times before here's how you fix it like no problem i think that's like one of my biggest gifts is i've just done a lot of things which means i've screwed up a ton of things and that allows me to be i don't know insightful on some things and actually helpful on other things but yeah. it's you're growing that capacity like you said i'm in full agreement with that that's awesome man so tell me a little bit about what it's been like because you and Brianna is it it's Brianna right yeah it's Brianna, Brianna. I, I always like this the, no uh, Brianna always, okay Brianna that's what I thought okay. some people let it slip but yeah it's just Brianna and we <laughs> just kind of let it flow by <laughs> yeah okay good I had it right I thought so but I know you guys have been like she's been um more involved in the business for you guys and at first you were like maybe a little hesitant around that or like well, this isn't how I thought it was going to go in my mind. And then you like, you're telling me like, it's been freaking amazing. She's brilliant. And like, she does all this stuff for your business. Like walk me through what it's been like, kind of like incorporating your, the partner in life into your professional life. At first it was hard because there were no SOPs. There were no like, here's how you do this. Here's how you do this. There's no trainings out there. Yeah. It was just a bunch of, I run things out of my head. <laughs> and when she came on, like she came home at the one year anniversary of like essentially 
I declare the day I got fired from my last media company, the day that my business started. Yeah. So on that one year anniversary, we were at a point where it was like, hey, Brian, just come home and help me. So that was a really cool thing. Um, but when she came home, it was actually like super contentious because she's like, what do you want me to do? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't have time to tell you. So we'll just figure it out later. And dude, that went on for months where she was like, I'm trying to help. Like, what am I supposed to do? And I was like, ah, can you just do this? And she's like, will you tell me how to do this? I'm like, no, like YouTube it. Like it is like the most inefficient way to run a business and the worst way to treat your spouse. I didn't, I didn't have it dialed and I still don't think I do. Um, but it was very much like, hey, we are of the mentality that like if we don't know how to do something, we just Google it and figure it out. Yeah. Um, now we're in a much better place. I think it was it was an interesting transition where she would be on like uh, calls with me where I was like sales calls and things like that. And after a while, I was like, all right, you're in charge of it now. And she was like, but I don't know these things. And I was like, you don't have to know the technical. You just have to be like the human people like. And she's better at that than just about anyone I know. I think both of us have wives that can walk into a room, make an amazing yeah. first impression. So and true. everyone wants to be friends with them. And it was like, yeah. that's the best gift I have is Brienne is my person. Because when I walk into a room that's full of people, I'm like, Ugh, I want to go sit in that corner and order food and not socialize. Like that is how I am. So she has been such a, a blessing coming into this, though, because she has really stepped into being like, hey, you're the people person of the business. I'll figure out the details of, you know, the intricacies of how the technology works, how to make sure that like the editors have what they need. I'll speak that language. You just be forward facing and talk to anyone that wants to know about our business. Yeah. And she's really good at pulling out of people like what they're trying to do and the why behind it. Mm. And that makes like being podcast producers like that's a big thing. Because yeah. the amount of people that come to us and are like, hey, I kind of want a podcast about this. And I'm like, why? And they're like, I don't know. It just sounds cool. And I'm like, well, what's your long term vision of it? Like, is it supposed to feed into something? Or is it like just this thing? Do you want to monetize? Like, what are all these things? Yeah. And like a lot of people don't know. And like, I like podcasts because they're the, probably the best networking tool that exists right now. A lot of people I would not have access to, I can just reach out to and say, hey, I've got this platform. I'd love to feature you on it. I love the work you're doing with this. Are you open to that conversation? You'd be amazed the people that will say yes, you know, and just people are more accessible than you think if you give them a platform and are able to feature them and show them to a new audience. Yeah. People sure. are down. And Absolutely. I think like, now Brienne has kind of stepped into like the CEO role where she handles most of our team. She's very client facing. I've been kind of up in the air for the last few months trying to figure out like what the heck is my role? Cause I've, I've floated back and forth from, you know, being an overpaid editor to, you know, being the guy who does the marketing. And now we're kind of in that, like, I think I'm stepping back into more sales, but also like we've been very, it's been a cool thing. Like we finally released my podcast starting at the beginning of the year and it turned from my podcast to our podcast because Brian <laughs> never wanted to be on it before. Yeah. And then she was like, why don't we just do it together? That was also a thing I had to let go of because I had a vision for what my podcast would be for the last seven years. And I've helped so many people do their own podcast, but never really like went all in on mine. So when it finally came to fruition, it was like, but I already have my cover art and I already have these things. And she's like, yeah, we should change it. Like, let's, let's do it together. And now I couldn't ask for a better thing because now it's like her and I get to have the conversations that we have when we're on walks. We get to just put those out publicly. And A, I know they're helpful to some people. And B, it's just documentation of like when I'm 50 and I get to look back on what, you know, mid-30s Danny and Brienne were talking about and the struggles they had, we're going to laugh at all the problems we have right now because we'll yeah. have bigger, better ones, you know. Yeah, but it's been a it's been a cool thing just because I've got to see her go from someone who was like, just like me, like both of us always thought we would be like really good W2 employees. Mm. And now we're finally owning that like, no, we're entrepreneurs like we, we both have ruined ourselves for normal jobs, because even when times have like felt tough and it's like, well, maybe I could just go get a job for safety and like you could do this thing I'm like, yeah, but in the eight hours I would spend over there hating my life, I could like spend eight hours actually building something here and like I my brain can't go back you know and it's been fun to watch her reach that same thing because when she steps into like that most powerful version of her dude she's pretty freaking unstoppable and like yeah. she'll she can step into room with clients that we've 
looked up to as, you know, like the whales of like, oh, I'd love to land that person. Mm. She doesn't blink. And that's freaking cool because it's like she she will be nervous in conversation with me, but she's someone who like when the pressure's on, dude, she steps up. And it's the coolest thing to watch because I'm like, I'm more nervous than you are. And like, you're the one that actually has to deal with this. Like, good job. I can't believe we're going to have this meeting. Oh my God, how are you going to (laughs) do? Yeah. And then like, but it's, it's fun though. And then like, as far as like balancing it, I like Kara Ayala, we're both friends with like, she gave us permission in a podcast that I did like two years ago, but it just went out last week. (laughs) Um, we asked her, you know, how do you and Mike Ayala, like, how do you guys navigate that? Like, how do you separate business and, you know, home life? And they're like, we don't. Mm. And I was like, thank you for that permission. Because we talk about what we're excited about when we're at dinner. And right. what I'm excited about is growing the business. Because when I grow the business, I get to go after all these other dreams that are on the bucket list. Brian gets to talk about, I will live in New York City because I built a business that sustains me having the lifestyle to do that. So like, why try to separate that on top of that? We brought our kids home from normal school. They're now homeschooled and I don't have any intention of forcing the standard curriculum down their throats. I want them to be involved in the business. I want them to hear those conversations and hear the problems we're solving because I would way rather them start to learn the skills of things that are going to help them and still be around in five, 10 years, than just go down the normal route because I'm a big believer that like my job, like the editing podcast and stuff like that. I think AI will do all that for us in five years. So I'm going to have to really understand business and I'm going to have to understand strategy because I don't, this, I know this won't be my last business. I'm going to have to start new things. So if I can pass some of that knowledge to my kids, so they're not going to get a job that's not going to exist because chat GPT is going to take it over, you know, some different thing is going to do all this. Yeah. Cool. Let's teach them skills now. And I think like the whole balancing of, you know, balancing of time with family and business is one thing but we don't try to set a hard boundary saying like well because we're with the family we can't talk about business i want my kids to learn this stuff if they can know at 11 and 13 the things i'm learning in my mid-30s dude they'll be so far ahead of every other kid like i'm excited for that genuinely you're creating super kids and it's really cool to watch that's my hope (laughs) that is my hope Brienne got mad because I made a reel from our podcast saying like I want my kids to be able to beat your kids and she was like it's so aggressive and I was like it's real like even if I like your kids I want my kids to be able to beat your kids like I want them to know that they could achieve whatever they want I think that should be okay like this is the honest thoughts of dads (laughs) 100% I mean dude you want your business to be better than other people's business. You want your family to be a leg up and have opportunities that other people's families don't. And it's not like you don't want those for other people's families, but you just yeah. damn sure want them for yourself and your family. Yeah. That's fair. That's funny, man. Um, Dude, it's funny you're saying this because I was talking to somebody who just recently got engaged and he said, but like while they first started dating, he's like, what do you want to do with your life? And he's got a very successful business. He's like, if you don't want to come work inside my business, then I don't want to pursue this relationship because I don't want myself going out the door and going right one day and you go out the door and going left and we come back and we have to catch each other up on everything we're doing. He's like, I want to be in sync with the person I'm married to. And I was like, dude, you're like ahead of your time, man. Like that is such a freaking smart way to look at it. And I think like for us coming to that realization now like i just left my corporate job where i had to go out and go right and come back with Lindsay, and it's it's so much more fun and we're we're becoming so much closer as partners of like going through all these things that we're going through together that it's been such a blessing for our marriage and and we're very intentional like what we go through will bring us closer together whether it's good or bad like we are intentionally choosing and that's like a prayer we say or a manifestation or whatever you call it like we say that every day like Whatever happens, we become closer together. And I see that like with you and Brianne, like what you guys are doing right now, it's like you guys have that same intentionality of like, no, we're excited about this. We're going to talk about it at dinner. We're all smiling. Like this is bringing us joy to like take on the world head on together. And it's cool that your kids get to see that. Yeah. And I, I like what you said just made me think back to like, again, this is why we're doing our 15 year anniversary. Like, we're re-renewing the vows. Like we're rethinking all these things. And like yeah. everything we're doing is because we are choosing each other who we are right now. And mm. we're choosing who we want to be moving forward. And like 
leaving the religion was one of those things that put more into perspective than just about anything for me. Because for me, it's not doctrine, but it's very much culture that if one spouse leaves the church, the other is encouraged by members of the church, like, hey, you should leave them, so don't drag you down. So before I ever told Brianna I didn't want to be in the church, I very much had to be okay with, she might walk away. Wow. But I know that if I don't speak up, I have to live a lie. And that has made me suicidal before. And like, I don't want that either. So I very much had to be okay with like, this might all go to hell. This might be the end of it. But it wasn't. And, you know, it took us, you know, a few months to just be okay with like, we're both okay with just acknowledging where we are. Mm. And then after about six months, we were a little more aligned. And after about a year, we were a little more aligned. And now it's like, okay, like, I love this because we are intentionally asking those questions. What do you want for the future? Mm. What do I want for the future? What do we want for our kids' futures? And we're really thinking about all those different things. And like, because we really do agree with like where we want to go, it makes sense for us to stay together. And I, I think one of the best things that we have going for us is I know that if she left me, I'd be okay. And I know that if I left her, she'd be okay. Mm. And we both are happy as individuals. Now we can be a power couple because we're not self or like what's not self, not self-reliant. What's the word? Um, not codependent on the other person. There you go. Like yeah. I, we don't need each other, but we choose each other. And I think that's the best place you can come from in the relationship. I love that, man. That's so true. So true. And I think it's it's actually more relatable than you think. Like you're you you had the church that you're leaving from, but I think a lot of people are being are leaving being programmed a certain way around societal pressures. Like they're leaving what is normal or what they they are programmed to think is like what they're capable of or what their future can do or how they can live their lives or all these different things. It's like, I think a lot of people are waking up to the fact that they can like really create a life that they want to live. And it's, it's, I know Lindsay's deep in that work with people. You guys, like you see it all the time, like with everybody you're working with. And like, I, I do think that it's, it's very relatable that like, that's going to create like new opportunities for people to come together and for partnerships to come together. So I, I think that's like, it's fearful leaving something that you're like, you've been, you're, that's been your identity for so long. Like that's, that's a huge thing to do. Um, and I'm glad that like it worked out for you guys. And, and I'm it's, it's cool, so cool to see the direction you guys are going. It's really cool. Appreciate that. Well, dude, I want to honor your time and it's crazy how fast time goes. Holy crap, dude. I feel like we could go for another two hours. I feel like we always talk for a long time, but like, yeah, man, I just, Thank you so much for taking the time to come on. And I thank you for being so authentic. And I th I know people out there are going to relate to your story and get so much value out of it. And just thank you for just being vulnerable with, with mental health. And, and I think you're doing the ripple effect of what you're doing is, is going deeper and wider than you could ever imagine, man. Yeah, I appreciate that a lot. And I genuinely like, I want to make sure you give yourself the credit to just know like the things you're doing are like also really cool and they're being seen. And like the fact that you're bringing a community together to talk about like what is happiness to each person and really figuring out that like, it's probably different for most of us. You know, there's going to be it's some underlying principles are, are wild. Yeah. like you're going to find some underlying principles, but for most of us, it's a different thing. And yeah. I, I think like you're going to build more community and friendships and just really cool like you're going to find opportunities through this, but like, it's all going to be this, like, I don't know, in building a community that helps others, it'll help you. And like, you're already like an amazing example to me of discipline. And like, I know you said you haven't been able to work out for three days, but like, <laughs> I remember the first time I met you in person because Lindsay had come in to um, record at the old podcast studio before I left that. Um, and like you walked in, and I do remember having that ultimate like bro moment where I looked at you and I was like, we're around the same height. He's more buff than me right now. But like, could I like, and it was definitely that like, if we got in a fight right now, how would this go? And like, I totally like went through all that. And then like, I, I laughed because I was just like, all right, I need to get fitter because I need to see me like be equivalent to Elliot. Oh, and like, dude. I remember laughing because then like over the next couple of years for 
you know, I kind of tanked and went the other way mentally for a while, even though things were awesome. Like I just, I went the other way and I feel like you just doubled down on discipline on the last three years. I was like, damn it. My friend's now built like a tank. I got to go. I'm built like a fridge. Like we got to figure this out. So whether you knew it or not, like you are an inspiration and a motivation for me to just be like, Hey, I want to be built like a gorilla too. So thanks for that, Elliot. Man, I, I, I really honestly, like I do it as therapy and for mental health. And I, I should share that more. Um, I don't, but like I have demons to overcome and that is one of the best things I can do for myself to like get those out. So, but I appreciate it, man. And I, yeah, I, I try to go every single day. I'm a, I'm a psychopath, but like, you know, I don't have kids and I, I have a lot of, um, I probably, you know, more availability to do that, but Thanks. I appreciate I appreciate that, man. I really do. And we'll go get it for sure. Work out one of these days, huh? I would love that. We do. We need to do that. I feel like we need some more conversations off the pod. Let's check in. So yeah, let's do that. But where can people find you? And I'll tag all your stuff when this drops. Easiest thing for me is on Instagram. I'm just the good Danny. So just at the good Danny. And then our podcast is the good in today. And then like one thing I would say is just for you personally to hold me accountable to is we, one of our big things we're excited about this year is we really want to start a foundation called the good in today. So Mm -hmm. being able to then give money back to different programs that are impacting youth and impacting people around the world of mental health. So I'll just kind of put that out there right now. It's just something that I need a reminder to, to stay in touch with, but yeah, if anyone has any questions about podcasting, wants help with podcasting, we have at the good in media on Instagram, but for the most part, just come directly to me at the good Danny. And if you like conversations similar to this, there's a whole lot of this going on on the podcast, the good and today. So love to connect with you. Hashtag more of this. I love your post when you do yes. that. Um, anyway, appreciate it. <laughs>